Welcome back to the Daily Poem podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm Sean Johnson, and today is Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. Today's poem is by Gerard Manley Hopkins, and it's called Binzy Poplars. I'll read it one time, offer a few comments, and read it again. Binzy Poplars, Feld, 1879. My aspens dear, whose airy cages quelled, quelled or quenched in leaves the leaping sun, all felled, felled, are all felled, of a fresh and following folded rank not spared, not one that dandled a sandaled shadow that swam or sank on meadow and river and wind-wandering weed-winding bank. Oh, if we but knew what we do, when we delve or hew, hack and rack the growing green, since nature is so tender to touch, her being so slender that, like this sleek and seeing ball, but a prick will make no eye at all, where we, even where we mean to mend her, we end her when we hew or delve. Aftercomers cannot guess the beauty bin. Ten or twelve, only ten or twelve strokes of havoc unselve the sweet especial scene. Rural scene, a rural scene, sweet, especial, rural scene. Gerard Manley Hopkins spent a good deal of his life in the environs of Oxford. Uh, and Binsey is uh, a small uh, township or suburbs uh, of Oxford proper, where uh, there were a well-known uh, group of poplar trees lining a river walk. And one day, the town decided they had to go. There was no logic uh, in this as far as Hopkins was concerned. Uh, he was rather indignant about the loss of the trees, and he wrote this poem to express his feelings on the matter. Uh, Hopkins, who uh, was an Oxford Anglican and then Roman Catholic convert, has a lot in common with J.R.R. Tolkien, who uh, also uh, grew up in or near Oxford as the ward of a Franciscan friar. Uh, and he, too, uh, was uh, something of a kindred spirit with Hopkins And when it comes to trees. Fans of The Lord of the Rings uh, will remember uh, his ants and uh, especially uh, Treebeard's uh, rant against uh, those who come hacking and uh, burning and destroying trees unneedlessly. Trees that were indeed his friends. I think Tolkien and Hopkins both might have uh, sometime or another in their lives thought of particular trees as their friends. Uh, Tolkien also remembers in some of his personal letters uh, similarly appalling losses of trees. Uh, and I find that I, it's easy to sympathize. I don't know if this is the case everywhere, it probably is, unfortunately, but uh, where I live in Northwest Florida, the uh, electric company has some sort of uh, eminent domain or divine right of kings or whatever it is that they claim, uh, so that if they make their rounds through town and notice that a tree is beginning to encroach upon uh, our precious internet wires or electric lines, they can prune it in whatever unsightly or ungodly manner they deem necessary, or even in extreme cases, fell it 
entirely, uh, and then simply leave a note on your door saying the sacrifice of your tree was required so that the rest of the neighborhood could continue to access TikTok with regularity. Uh, and I, I find I get really, you can tell already, I find I get really grumpy about uh, the approach that they take to this. Uh, it is usually not arborous that they are uh, employing. They don't care about the life of the tree or the beauty of the neighborhood as long as those fat black wires can run through it. So I feel for Hopkins here. Uh, he recalls first the beauty and the gift that these trees were. But then quickly this poem lifts off and becomes something more. Uh, a reflection upon man's interactions with and cultivation of nature in general. Hopkins is known for his sprung rhythm, uh, which is a kind of um, uh, modified approach to traditional uh, rhythmic meter. He writes mostly in iambic pentameter, uh, but he reserves license to augment or alter that rhythm uh, when he sees fit, usually to make his poems sound uh, more like common everyday speech without losing their uh, their poetic quality. Uh, he's kind of a, a hybrid of the romantics that came before him and an anticipation of uh, some of the uh, more modern uh, verse writers who would come after him. And uh, many would argue maybe he's the best of both worlds. And so he is able to create these strained sections where, uh, especially when he starts to speak of acts of cultivation uh, or acts of destruction, uh, he can diverge from his normal iambic pentameter uh, to insert harsh, jarring sounds, hard sounds that are back-to-back -back and don't flow the way that uh, iambic meter usually does. And often he'll accomplish this too through the repetition of words. But as he turns to his larger meditation, the longer section of this poem, uh, he suggests that there's not much that man can do to improve upon nature. Oh, if we but knew what we do when we delve or hew hack and rack the growing green. Since country is so tender to touch, her being so slender. Even where we mean to mend her, we end her. So that uh, nature itself is delicate, uh, sensitive, <laughs> fragile, uh, and we, uh, when we attend, intend to uh, attempt to meddle in that natural beauty, we uh, we blow it more often than not. Uh, Roger Scruton says that the uh, acts of creation are slow, laborious, and dull, uh, but that acts of destruction are uh, quick, easy, and exhilarating. And uh, I might encapsulate what. Hopkins is lamenting here. Nature takes great time and care in order to produce uh, her beauties, and we uh, can't replicate that process. But our own acts, uh, which are quick and exhilarating, are often uh, destructive, and they wreak a kind of destruction that cannot be easily reversed. Uh, a nice counter to this poem, and maybe he wrote it as a kind of comfort to himself, uh, is 
his sonnet, God's Grandeur, in which he reflects upon the resiliency of nature. So if you are uh, down at the end of uh, this final reading of Binzi Poplar's, uh, perhaps uh, find your way over to a reading of God's Grandeur, uh, buoy yourself. Uh, but if you see those power company fellows coming around with chainsaw in hand next time, see if you can't have a word with them. Here's Binzi Poplar's one more time. My aspen's deer, whose airy cages quelled, quelled or quenched in leaves the leaping sun, all felled, felled, are all felled, of a fresh and following folded rank, not spared, not one that dandled a sandaled shadow that swam or sank on meadow and river and wind-watering weed-winding bank. Oh, if we but knew what we do when we delve or hew, hack and rack the growing green. Since country is so tender to touch, her being so slender, that like this sleek and seeing ball, but a prick will make no eye at all, where we, even where we mean to mend her, we end her. When we hew or delve, aftercomers cannot guess the beauty bin. Ten or twelve, only ten or twelve strokes of havoc unselve the sweet especial scene. Rural scene, a rural scene, sweet especial rural scene. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you. To listen to past episodes or to support the show, please visit dailypoempod.substack.com. On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry Studios, I'm Sean Johnson. Until next time, happy reading.